Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres walk away from their West Coast road trip with a 3-1 record after an unfortunate but not necessarily surprising loss to the Seattle Kraken. Falling 5-1 against the Kraken, Rasmus Dahlin's goal streak has ended. However, his point streak remains alive as he gained an assist on Dylan Cousins' goal, his second of the season. But it is what you would expect for a young team like this, where they are at the tail end of a West Coast road trip, a long West Coast road trip that had spanned over a week at that point. And they just look sluggish. There was really nobody that stood out and looked particularly great for them. I mean, Darlene obviously having a point was great and he looked like his usual self. But some of the young guys, it just looked like it really caught up to them with this being uh, an early taste for them. Middlestat did not have a very inspiring game after he had looked good in the third and fourth game of the season. So... Again, if you were going to go into this weekend, or I should say this entire road trip here, and were to tell us that they were going to come out with a 3-1 and record with wins against Calgary and Edmonton in the mix within that, I think everybody would probably take that. So your thoughts on the loss to Seattle, and just generally speaking, some thoughts on the, the West Coast road trip as a whole and some of the takeaways. Well, let's start with the Seattle game, because I think there's an interesting thing floating around about this. Uh that could help explain it. Well, first of all, the easy explanation could be end of a road trip. They've been gone for more than a week, not not at home for any of that time. Maybe they were due to have a bad game. Or, as some people have posited, were they hung over? No way. Angle worth exploring. I am than, interested in learning more. Um, Buffalo legend, as you've called it many times, Craig Revey, uh Using that <laughs> um, generously. Said last night, well, who thinks the Sabres had their rookie party last night? Wow, they look off. So, I don't know what their rookie party is. That sounds like something like Craig Ruffay, someone in the know, would, would know about. It would seem to me that that's a party involving rookies. Who knows? Here's the thing. If there is such a party, that would involve a lot of people in the Sabres. Not just Power, Quinn, and Paterka, but if you think about it last year at this time, there was no, no Krebs, no Samuelson who is gone anyway at this point, whatever is well, people there. taking that as though it was like a literal thing as compared to just being like, Oh, rookies there. Like the, the young team showing out. Is that actually what people were taking away from it? Because I got to be honest, if the two options here are, they just looked like shit last night 
or they looked like shit because they were hungover as hell. I would way rather it be the second one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's an option. I'm always kind of, uh, well, not always. A lot of times there's these situations, people call it the Vegas flu, or it happens in Los Angeles sometimes in the NBA. The 73-win Warrior team actually lost to a very shitty Lakers team that year on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, but I always kind of weirded it, not weirded out, but more like skeptical when this stuff happens at night. Like when people try to say Jordan's flu game was a hangover game, neither idiots learn what, learn what food poisoning is. It's not the goddamn <laughs> flu. It was the pizza. Yeah, or he was really hungover in Utah, sure. But yeah. it's always weird. It's like, oh, yeah, 8 p.m. tip, he's still hungover. Like, Michael Jordan, it's already – that's unbelievably insane. But it's also insane for other athletes to be like, oh, they're really hungover at 7 tonight. However, you and I both know the feeling of you're not hungover anymore, but it's the next day, you've had more than you had in a while, and you're, like, not feeling your best. You don't have to be, like, violently ill to not play well. That's, you know – it's something that uh, if you're not 100%, if you're only 92%, the other team's 100%, it's the NHL, you're going to look bad. However, I mean, hell, even some of the more gnarly ones, man, that sticks with you until the evening and, and really through the rest of the day. Yeah. Who knows? What, what, what is, you know what? We should do an entire episode on what each of the rookie Sabres drinks of choices we think they might be. They're uh, all too young to drink, so I would not or be taking in that. <laughs> but yeah, that's really specialty. They make way too much money. So... No, so I'm not really going to lend me credence to that theory. They looks pretty bad, so I think that's a good case, uh, good example where you got to zoom out a little bit. You got to accept that I don't know, quite a few times, not a, quite a few, but a half dozen times, maybe ten times a year during the season, you're just going to look bad, especially when it's a young team that's still getting adjusted to things. A lot of guys in this team haven't are going to play more games this year than they've ever played before, so it's it's something to get used to. Yeah, they just looked, I don't know, or maybe here's the third option. Maybe they uh, suck against Seattle for some reason. That also could They're be the team that thing. Seattle can beat. No, that's a very real thing, too. I mean, who knows? You know, I, I think we will probably never know the true reason of it. I think maybe options, oddly enough, I feel like options one and two are probably more likely than option three. Like I would just because Seattle is just not that great. And it's hard to believe that in such a small sample size, just to walk away with like, ah, oh, well, they just have our number. Part of me just thinks, yeah, they better not. Well, exactly. It's <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. And they've scored 17 goals in three games on the Sabres. That is. Whew. I mean, there's, de- there's no, they, yeah, that's, that's not great. They've probably played uh, teams five times and haven't scored 17 goals on them. So that's that's annoying. Yeah, but you got to take the trip as a whole. So taking the trip as a whole, what you saw was you took advantage of a Vancouver team that was going going through it to say the least. Did not did not let up on them at all, which was nice. And mm-hmm. then two wins in the against the two good Alberta teams, and in both of those performances, got good games from Eric Comrie. Yeah, I mean, there wouldn't even be a thing. Like, there wouldn't even be a Battle of Alberta if it was the Sabres playing them all the time because they would just steamroll them. There's no battle to be had. They just kicked ass. That's what my walk. That's what I'm walking away with from this. I am in no way, shape, or form upset with the fact that this team just put up a stinker in the last game of a long road trip where it was this early in the season Comrie obviously was not great, but you were going to expect that at some point or another, he was going to come back down to earth and just have 
a, a shitty game. I mean, that was inevitable. A lot of the guys just look sluggish in general. And again, I think the other side of it too, is just like, we need to talk about the power play because it's a problem. It was, if there's one positive that we saw from the Seattle game with regard to the power play, it's that finally Jack Quinn was getting some time there. We had been saying the past couple of episodes that he, that Granado needs to, one, go out of his way to get Quinn and Paterka on there and make some personnel changes. But two, I think what's probably even the bigger issue is just the the setup of it because it just looks so stale. It is not very free-flowing and moving. And as people have correctly pointed out, it's essentially the exact same setup that they were running when Eichel was here. And they haven't modified it or changed it at all. And it's they just don't really effective. have an Eichel guy anymore. No, it's not effective. And it's like, it just feels like there's no movement. There's no cycling. A lot of times guys are just standing in place. It's, it's just boring. <laughs> They're just not doing anything of interest with it. And again, I think it kind of goes hand in hand because I don't, I don't necessarily think that the problems are, it's either one or the other. I think it's both. I think that there's some personnel moves that need to be made, but at the same time though, like the setup of the power play is just not working right now. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. I think I don't know. I haven't loved the power play for a while now. It's and it's not just personnel anymore. They have okay personnel. It's it really feels like it's a system thing. And maybe maybe personnel wise, like you said, you can do a few things. Getting Quinn in there that seems smart. He was really good in the power play last year in Rochester. But what about this Jeff Skinner fella on the power play? Don't like it. I don't really like it either. I don't know if he's a power play guy. Like. Isn't it enough that he scores like 30 goals at even strength? You leave it at that. That's a, God, we, I wonder if it's a, is it a speed that. thing. Cause he's not good at overtime either. No, I mean, it, it, we've talked about that. We talked about it. What was it the last episode or the one before he, he just is not a power play guy. Like, and again, you can live with him not being a power play guy. If he's just going to score you 25, 30 goals at even strength. Obviously he's been off to a slower start this year with regard to that, just in terms of putting the puck in the back of the net, but he has been showing his value and he's been put, making some really good plays in the offensive zone there, which is what you pay him for. You know, he's never going to live up to that contract. And obviously you would love if he was able to be a consistent PowerPoint or power play contributor, but he's just not that guy. But the thing is though, is that you have guys that are built for that. Quinn is obviously at the top of that list in terms of guys who need to start getting real looks Quinn, especially on the first unit. Hell, I wouldn't even be opposed to to seeing Paterka on the first unit, like reward the guys who are playing well and who are creating offense, you know, and that's exactly what I think of when I think of Paterka, he has just been somebody that throughout the entire year has been a consistent source of creating offense. I also think I would rather see Dylan cousins on the first unit than somebody like Casey Middlestead, which is another thing that we've been talking about. While I want to think that this is just maybe a hopefully a one game blip from middle step and then we'll, you know, once they're back home and this week with this slate of games, which we're going to get to in a minute that we'll see him turn it around and, and turn the burners back on a little bit, but it just feels like cousins belongs on that first unit. And if you're not going to modify the, the system yet, or he doesn't want to, for whatever reason, Again, I, I think it was two episodes ago that I had brought this up. Cousins feels like he is the perfect guy to have in the bumper spot. Put him at the top of the slot. Have him facilitate. He's have a huge him, fan of pitch perfect. Exa- yes. Have him facilitate, though. Have You have Darlene at the point, obviously. You could throw Tage on one of the walls, Quinn on the other wall, and then in front of that, Tuck. Like, there's your first unit. Or some people have also brought up, which is really interesting, 
What if you put power out there and you put Dalene on one of the half walls? That is also kind of interesting. I'm very much all about the four forwards and one D power play setup, but Dalene's skill set gives you that flexibility to play him on the wall. And I think that that's something that also is even worth looking into. Either way, again, it just goes back to the fact that the power play is so stale right now and they just need to do something. It needs to, I think, be both personnel as well as just the general setup of it. Because again, there's no cycling. There's really not going on, like a lot going on to like below the red line for that matter. I know that that's, you know, just in today's NHL, not necessarily how a lot of just these, these plays are formulated. But again, like, it's just so much of what's going on is just being either on the half walls or up high and they're not doing a good enough job of just condensing in towards the net a little bit more and getting the play towards the net a little bit more. And they're just relying on Darlene and being able to get these shots through, which like, thankfully he's good enough to be able to do that. But again, like you don't have Eichel and you need to change your power play to it goes back to Granado's philosophy, which again is the antithesis of Kruger. This is like a Ralph Kruger thing where you're trying to like play guys in roles where they're just not meant to be. So I think that something needs to happen for them to be able to have the, the success, the sustained success we're talking about. And to, again, if like, if they're going to exceed expectations, something is going to have to change there because they're looking good at five on five, but again, just having a, and just an, an average power play, just a, a, a perfectly average even it could be above average given the talent that they have that is going to put you over the top i think in terms of again just seeing through to what this team's real potential could be yeah absolutely so i think this is interesting i now would i would not have guessed this you know in his first four years jeff skinner had 26 power play goals and that includes a lockout season and a season where he was injured really Maybe we're underrating him. He had eight his first year in Buffalo, and he had five last year. Now, his other three years in Buffalo combined one. So, who knows, man? Maybe it's a matter of just not being used properly. Maybe it is, yeah. He had 11 in one year in Carolina once. we got to figure out what he was doing in Carolina. How many – well, and again, this is probably just a matter of not having it on hand, but I would be curious to see for how many guys who are – at the stature or level or whatever you want to call it of what Skinner is in terms of five on five scoring, who have that same level, I guess, of ineffectiveness, if we want to call it that on the power play, because I would have to think that Skinner has got to be an outlier when it comes to that sort of thing. You would think it doesn't really make sense. I don't, I don't really get it. And I don't no. really get why he's so bad at overtime. I don't like people are going to say he's kind of slow. We agree. He's kind of slow for a player uh, that scores as much as him. You know who else is kind of slow, Brendan? For a player that scores a lot? Patrick Kane. Hmm. He's, I'm sure he scored more uh, on the power play in an overtime. Being kind of slow is in the death sense. You know who's not the fastest guy in the world? And I remember this because people won't shut the hell up about it for years. Sam Reinhardt. I was just about to say him. He's who I thought you were originally going to say. Yeah, two of your favorite guys, obviously. So... It's not, it's not really a death sentence, so I don't really get it. I think they should be able to figure it out with Skinner, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would hope so. And again, it could be uh, – I think one or both of those changes need to happen when it comes to either personnel or the or the setup of it, and then you're going to unlock some of these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's unfortunate we should mention that – people probably know this, but they're already down two defensemen. Uh, luckily – Not good. 
No, not good. But luckily, they can kind of withstand that. They can withstand exactly two injuries to defensemen before things uh, start to get a little bit hairy. Yeah. You know, like, so, yeah, Yoki Haru, uh, do we have a, a timeline on that, on Yoki Haru? I don't think so particularly. Let me let me take a look and, and double check on that, but not that I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because Samuelson looks bad. That happened on Saturday night against Vancouver, but I, we haven't really heard much about that either. Yeah, Yoki Haru is on injured reserve um, officially on IR, and I don't believe that there is a timeline at this stage of the game. There's never a goddamn timeline in the NHL. No. I mean, is this just the Sabres or is this the whole league where someone gets hurt and it's just a huge mystery? Because Yoki Haru was hurt at the beginning of last season too, right? It was him in Middlestat. Mm-hmm. And Middlestat showed back up in like February. All right, so see you on Valentine's Day, Henry. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> Samuelson also, I, I'm just surprised we even heard more because that looked bad. Looks real bad. But and then, then it wasn't that bad, though. Yeah, very vague way. It's not as bad as you thought. How'd you know what I was thinking? But I was thinking it was pretty bad. So I was also thinking that. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully we hear more, at least, about Samuelson's. So, but before we get to that and before we get to the games that are coming up for the rest of the week, let's hear a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So this is the part where I uh, am supposed to discuss, you know, an upcoming matchup or, or something like that. I like, you know what I like? Jeff Skinner breaking a little bit of a drought. Not necessarily on the power play, but Jeff go. Skinner to score in one of these upcoming games. I'm going to take a look real quick. Montreal, too. perhaps? That's a good one, actually, yes. He's going to score at home against Montreal. That'll be today when you're listening to this on Thursday, the 27th. So let's let's lock that in. If that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. About $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right, so two games coming up before we talk again, right? We have Montreal... And, or wait, no, is it only, yeah, Montreal and Chicago, right? Chicago, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We have Montreal Thursday night, Chicago on Saturday nights. And then the next game is on Halloween on the 31st. We'll be able to preview that game, that divisional matchup against Detroit. So as we had talked about last episode, though, in addition to that, then you have Pittsburgh coming up on Wednesday of next week, and then they're on to Carolina. So it really starts to get a little bit more tough once you get into that stretch of uh, midweek next week. However, these next three games, though, Montreal, Chicago, and Detroit, you have three straight home games for this team. They'll have some time to, you know, just get adjusted to being back in Buffalo here. And as we had said last episode, these three games, I think, are a good measuring stick for this team for a couple of reasons. One, you have a Montreal team and a Detroit team. Detroit off to a pretty solid start so far. Montreal, I guess, is kind of surprising being three and four at this stage of the game. 
But again, two divisional opponents there. Detroit, a team that a lot of people were expecting to be better than Buffalo this year. Montreal is a team that people expect Buffalo to be better than. And so if you're able to walk away with wins in both of those games, it's really positive for two very different reasons. Montreal is a team you should beat, and Detroit is a good way to measure just where you're at in terms of this early stages of the game and of the season here. Chicago also off to a good start, a 4-2 and two start. Again, not likely that that will be sustainable by any stretch of the imagination here. But it's three teams that are, generally speaking, not necessarily going to be in the playoff conversation you would expect come like April, we'll say. So what's your thoughts? Do you think that they have to go three and own this stretch before they hit that stretch of Pittsburgh and Carolina coming around? What I think is once we get through the Montreal game, the city of Buffalo is going to lay waste to the Midwest in general, Chicago, Detroit, green Bay done. Oh yeah. Send that to Milwaukee as well. And I was a big fan of the great lakes. I appreciate you guys, but. It's our, it's our, it's really Buffalo's time to, to run the Great Lakes region, I believe. The new capital, sports capital of the Great Lakes region, Buffalo. But anyway, to, to really answer your question, the Montreal game, uh, we will not be seeing Slavkovsky, will we? I don't believe so. Yeah, he's already banged up. So I think he's yep. pretty much for sure out. Yeah, like, I think if you're looking at what you want out of the Sabres, like we just got a three and one road trip against some pretty decent teams. What, what should you expect out of this three-game stretch before you get to a tougher stretch? I would say a good – it would be a good stretch if you got four points. I don't think you have to get all six. Because I'm not counting points for the playoffs, to be honest. I think that's a good way to drive yourself insane in a season like this or any hockey season. I think if you were, like, just able to beat – especially if you beat both Montreal and Chicago and lose to Detroit, that's not super ideal. But it's like, at least I would understand that. Detroit – they spent money to be a team that could be respectable this year. That's there was their choice. Yep. So like they, they're going to be more respectable. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Got kind of spanked last night, but I, I guess when I look at that, it's like, I, I mean, I really want to be Chicago. I, I do not like those fellas, I, the whole organization, honestly, <laughs> but I think that that's a huge game to win. And I don't know. Montreal's just not, but I mean, Chicago has a winning record, but, Chicago's not good. Montreal's not good. We both know that. So those are games I really do want to win. Then when it comes to Detroit, I, I recognize that's a toss-up. I would look at our season series in, as a whole against Ottawa and Detroit as a toss-up, so I'd, I'd like to go 500 in it. I think that's and fair. That would, say, that would say a lot about the Sabres being, keeping up with those teams despite not making huge investments in veterans in the offseason and theoretically could spring ahead of them if they do this year. So, yeah, so moving forward, uh, also Montreal is, uh, if they're anything, they're dependent on young guys, right? They're dependent on, well, Slavkovsky is not there, but Cole Caulfield, Suzuki, guys like that, that are the future. And one of those guys isn't there. And I don't know how much the other ones have super impressed. So we will see Chicago. I mean, they should be tanking. So we'll see yes, what happens. Yeah, I mean they are tanking. I should say as an, org- as an organization, they yeah the players obviously don't do that, but it's whatever. I guess we'll see. I'm pretty confident going into both of these games, and then I don't know. Go after that. It's like they're going to play Pittsburgh and Carolina on those teams. It, it's going to dampen some enthusiasm around here probably. But here's the alternative. Let's say like 90 percent they lose to both Pittsburgh and Carolina. What are the 10 percent chance they beat both of them? <laughs> 
Oh, you're you're muted, bud. No, I know. I'm just gathering my thoughts. I I, I was. I mean, that would be ridiculous if they were able to come out of both of those with, it's a with fun me. thing to consider. It absolutely is. I mean, Helen. Again, I think when you talk about back to backs like that against good teams, when we had gone into you know the, I mean, not necessarily that Vancouver is off to a good start or anything like that, but going into against you know when we had Calgary and Vancouver, it was like if you could walk away with one of those, like that's a success, and they ended up getting both. And the way that I look at that is like the same thing is like just split it. If you could just walk away with the one of those being a win, because again, I think the other thing to keep in mind with all of this too, and we'll see how it ends up shaking out. I don't know the other team's schedules off the top of my head, but just historically speaking, a lot of times teams will play their backup goalies against the Sabres. And that could be really good opportunity there for them to, again, like walk away and, and steal a win there and eventually turn themselves into a team that, their starter is going that the opposing team starter has to play. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say, cause then after Carolina, we have Tampa Bay the following night, actually, which they're off to a very slow start. Uh, and then you get back to Arizona there. So you have three relatively easy games and three very tough games coming up in the slate of the schedule. I would say if you could walk away with three of your next six, and come out of this next stretch of games 500 we'll say i would i'd be pretty content with that yeah i mean just being realistic i mean obviously i would love to say we're gonna beat tampa and we'll beat carolina and pittsburgh but that's probably not very likely i mean hell if they walk away with four wins out of these next six i think that's a really huge development as well but i think three out of six go 500 over this next stretch of games over the next week and that's something that anybody could walk away from being proud of if we're a Sabres fan and just, again, with the trajectory of this team and what's realistic for them right now. 100%. So I'm looking at this, I think it's interesting right now. In the Metro, Philadelphia Flyers, another team people thought was tanking, 4-2. and two. Carter Hart is back, folks. Just kidding. I mean, maybe he is, though. That I'll would give, be. I'm going to give it a couple more months before actually – claiming that yeah for sure but if there's anything that's going to happen for the flyers this year that is uh makes them significantly better than we thought it's going to have to be carter hart i'm pretty sure wholeheartedly 100 which would be awesome because i do not want connor bedard to be a philadelphia flyer neither does john tortorella that's beautiful another young guy some some little fancy lad with his uh oh look at me i can dangle can you cross check someone in the back of the head Yep. That's what we're looking for here, pal, in Philadelphia slash Columbus slash Vancouver slash Tampa Bay slash New York slash uh, Team USA. Wow. Get with it. <laughs> what really brings value to a team? <laughs> yeah. Being able to failure. tomahawk somebody in the face. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I honestly i am not thrilled with the tank for Connor thing, but the other thing is I kind of have a lot of spite for most other teams in the NHL. So I don't want any of them to have something good happen to them. Like the next, the next guy, quote unquote, land on their team. I don't want that to happen. Like, no, no, that's stupid. So where's a a good destination that we would like to see Bedard go to. Okay. Actually, I'm going to look at this standings real quick. Cause I'm pretty sure such a thing doesn't exist as a realistic possibility. So, like, we have to rule out the Sabres because that's obvious. We would just say the Sabres. Teams yeah. that are bad, Montreal, go to hell. You just got the first pick. Absolutely and also, fucking not. Bedard, no in the division. Uh, no one else is really tanking in that one. Philadelphia, no way. What um, about Vancouver? He, I think he's from Western Canada. 
that's that's one that would actually work for me because I'm looking right now at the other teams that are quote unquote tanking. Arizona, I mean, what a waste. No, they no gonna have Connor Bedard uh, debut in front of 45 people in a college arena. Have him get <laughs> have him get dressed out in the lobby like he's a like a peewee. Hell out of here. No, Winnipeg probably too good, but also come on, that's a waste. Uh, no one else is bad enough in the central. So yeah, I'm looking at the Pacific right now. What about San Jose? Our boy, Mike Greer. You know what? That's not a bad one either. Let's get him. Let's get him way out in the coast. We see him like once a year, he's a novelty like Connor McDavid, but if he's in San Jose, he'll be on TV more than McDavid in America at least. So, so we have San Jose is a realistic option, Vancouver. And then the other one potentially is Anaheim. Anaheim has been horrific this year, so that's that a real would be possibility. In, that would be interesting. Him and Zegras down the and McTavish down the middle as a one-two-three punch would be pretty nasty. But I don't know. I mean, I I would like him to go to Anaheim if Anaheim switches back to the original colors and the original Wild Wing logo to like the to the to the mask logo. I just those they have the worst because that's a big thing for me. Like if somebody's going to go, like if a, if a guy is going to go somewhere, I want it to be somewhere where there's cool jerseys and Anaheim's jerseys suck. Like the logo is not that great. Like the D could be like a decent, like secondary logo, but it's not a good primary logo. Like you went from having both the best color scheme and the best logo in the NHL to having probably the worst of both. And, and they've had that for longer now. Disgusting. Some people would say, oh, if you want if you want to go back to where they were originally, you're stuck in the 90s. Well, if you like their current logo, you're stuck in the aughts because, buddy, that is an aughts ass design. Everything about it like it's they, they changed in 2006, the same year the Sabres changed to the slug. And they immediately were like, all right, they had to drop the Mighty Ducks thing because Disney no longer owned them. But they were like, instead of doing something whimsical involving ducks, it's, right, it's going to be someone mean. It's a fascist duck now. This duck uh, is not like a cool, happy duck. That's one thing. It's not like a cool hockey duck either. It's it's not it's barely the ducks. It barely anything indicates that. And secondly, they're like, oh, we're going to do a, a black jersey. Like. Uh, I, yes. Nothing says fun ducks like a black jersey. Yeah. It's un- it's unbearably 2006. Isn't that weird cream color too? Not with good. The orange. It's it's horrible. It's it's just horrible. Stop. You can if you can have it on your third jersey, you could have it as your primary logo, and just go back to the colors. They don't own the colors. Go back to the eggplant and teal, please. I yeah. would literally buy a <laughs> duck jersey if they went back to that. It's I an, don't. I don't. I like love them. I love those. The my duck. No, same, same. Uh, that's not what I, I was saying. I don't like eggplants. Oh, well, yeah, that's a completely different conversation. The color. I think they're kind of gross. People yeah, seem to that's... like it, like eggplant subs. I think that's disgusting. Yeah, I don't know. It's very unsettling to think about. The texture is just, no. Yeah, so that's why I don't like you putting it that way. But I do like the purple. But that's the, okay, purple, whatever. But I think the actual color is is technically eggplant. I'm pretty. I reject that notion. Whatever, whatever. Um, but, but also, though, San Jose. Those new jerseys in San Jose, Connor Bedard look pretty sick in that. Also, the Vancouver jerseys I also love a lot. I love the blue and green color scheme. And they have sick throwback jerseys, too. So, I wouldn't mind that either. That could be kind of cool. All right. Mark me down to San Jose for number one because it feels wrong to me that San Jose is not good. They've been good my whole life, and I don't like that they're not good. Vancouver, I just thinking of this now, I have no real problem with them, but I don't want our expansion sister to win a cup before us, and Bedard would help a lot with that. Yeah. And then – What about Seattle even as a possibility? No. You don't want it? Nope. 
I think it's a realistic one, though. Suffer a little bit more first, please. I think it's a realistic one. Well, yeah, it's realistic. But anyway, real quick on the on the, the Ducks jersey thing, though. Like I said, like stuck in the 90s versus stuck in the aughts thing. <laughs> You're probably thinking at home, like, well, skip past the 2010s then that you wasted. Why not just uh, put 2022 vibes into a new jersey? Here's the problem. There are no more vibes. The decade stopped existing. So you can't mm-hmm. capture the feel of anything. You can do a cool new jersey if you want, Ooh. which is probably a good idea with like those original colors. Those are still yeah. good colors that are underutilized in the NHL. But if you feel like you don't want to do a, a new idea, just let go with the 90s because it's it's the second last decade. The aughts is a real decade. The 2010s and 2020s, forget it. We're, we're mushed together in both um Time is uh, collapsed into itself and is expanding forever at the same time. Mm. So we can't think of things in terms of decades anymore. <laughs> so you can do the 2000s, the aughts, which is about as cool as it sounds, aughts. Mm-hmm. Or you could have the last cool decade, good decade, the best decade, the 90s. The best. Or you can forget that and just go with the cool colors and come up with a new design if you're really oh. feeling ambitious. But Dude. stop, Anaheim. What do you? Maybe the vibes are so bad there, and maybe you've uh, given up twice as many goals as you scored in a year where you should be building, because your jerseys look terrible. They look like a hockey team. You remember the the movie in the mid two thousands with The Rock, where he like became a football coach at a school. It was like a school that was like juvie. Yeah. Oh my. What was that called? Like Gridiron Gang. Was the that Gridiron Gang. Yes. <laughs> they look like the hockey version of that. Like, I you want to go see I that have... movie. Oh my God! Don't waste. Remember when he was? What was it? The Tooth Fairy? Oh, that's movie? that's way different vibes. But yeah, I do remember that. Also terrible. Uh, What's going on? So, so I I gotta say it's like a uh, Friday night, and you're in high school in 2006. You were born in like 1989. You're drinking a 24 ounce Monster Energy and driving a Toyota Corolla, which is pretty fuel efficient, but it's actually your mom's car. And you and the boys are. Uh, I'm going to do some whippets and go see the gridiron gang. I just want to be clear that Taylor's not talking about himself right now. No, it's not me. This guy's a little bit older than me. The guy I'm thinking of, but anyway, that's it for hockey. Brendan, do you want to recommend black Adam since we're talking about the rock? I haven't seen it. Unfortunately. Have you? No. (laughs) Are you going to see it? No, I'm just sad that everyone is like, it's getting universally like destroyed. It's doing well. Really? Yeah, I haven't even looked at any of the reviews for it quite yet. It's doing well box office wise for the first weekend or whatever. But yes, it's getting pretty universally panned. And this is like the Rock's big passion project. He's been trying to get this made forever. So kind of sad wow, in that respect. Tough. I got to say, people people have been saying, uh, you know, how charming the Rock is. Why does he do all these bad movies, all this stuff? I, like, I don't know, man. But I start to look at his IMDb and it's like, this guy is wasting his career. He's like in his 50s. It's, it's like, ugly. man, time's running out for you to be a cool action guy, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Like, really charming guy, great screen presence. Why? He could have had so many better roles than what he's done. He's been terrible at choosing roles. And it's been so long. It's been almost 20 years of this, The Rock. You can't even blame his agent or anything like that either, because it's like, dude, you're famous enough that you could do whatever you want. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. It, it's wild. I mean... Super- well, speaking of superhero movies, this Rihanna is coming out with a new song on on Friday for the Black Panther soundtrack. First time uh, releasing music, I think, six or seven years for her. Wow. Exciting stuff. I don't know how yeah, that, that movie fun. is going to be. I hope it's good, but... Yeah, you gotta hope. I'm I think excited it's for Rihanna, be... though. Yeah. 
I imagine it's going to be better than the other ones this year because it hasn't been a particularly no, good year be, for superheroes. You know what's going to be real good, though? The trailer just dropped for the new Avatar Way of the Water. New Ant-Man movie is going to be nuts. Jonathan that's this Nathan, year? It's in 2023. It's in February, but they just dropped the trailer. Oh, that's for the it. future. You should watch the trailer if you haven't already. It looks really good. Like Interesting. Really, I think it will probably be the best of the Phase 4 movies for sure. Well, phase like four the phase 4 was over. Post-Infinity War movies, I'll say that. End oh, game. wow. Post-Endgame. Post-Endgame, I think it will be the best one. Interesting. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Wow. I'm very <laughs> excited. So do you have an actual recommendation? Um, Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, let's see here. You know, sometimes you like a movie, but you don't recommend it. And I, I have that had that experience recently. So I'm not going to recommend that. What I am going to recommend here, let's see, I'm looking at my letterbox to try to remember what I've watched recently because I, I have amnesia. Because, well, here's the other thing. I went to uh, the movies on Sunday to see Amsterdam. Okay. And it sucked real bad. Wild cast, great cast, unbelievable roster of actors and actresses. And good job by Anya Taylor-Joy and Christian Bale, among other people. But yeah. Real bad movie. They gotta we gotta stop it with this David O. Russell stuff. So what I'm gonna recommend instead is uh if you have Peacock or something similar to that, you can watch this, the forgotten great um franchise movie of the last fifty years, Halloween three, season of the witch, universally panned like Black Adam at first because it was misunderstood. Because people are like, Where the hell is Michael Myers? He's so not in the movies, folks. How, do you think that that's the trajectory of Black Adam? Is that it's going to become revered in the same way that Halloween 3 has? That's a possibility. This one, I'll just give it real quick. Still keeps the Carpenter aesthetic. Carpenter is the producer. It is about an evil Irish toy maker who wants to turn kids' heads into like snakes and bugs and stuff. Not really oh, clear good. why, but it's really cool. Good. Stars one of the greatest scumbag protagonists of all time. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. It's a, uh, it's a wild movie, and it's really fun. Cool. All right, I like it. My recommendation. I'm gonna go with the song. I'm gonna go with the song "Dark Red" by Steve Lacey. He put out an album earlier this year. That song was not on it, but "Dark Red" is the first song by him that I had ever heard. Really good artist. Uh, kind of hard to describe. It's just like chiller alternative, I guess, kind of stuff. But it's pretty good. So yeah, "Dark Red" by Steve Lacey. Check it out. However, folks, that does it for us. This has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, streaming platforms that you're currently listening to to listen to this episode. Check out our fellow episodes or our fellow shows on each of the networks and make sure you're following them on social media. Also, make sure you follow us on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Straight Up Sabres, whatever platform you're using to listen to this episode. Also, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever it is, make sure you're following or subscribe to us and leave us a review. We would very, very much appreciate it. And last but not least, make sure you're checking out that promo code THPN at DraftKings. Take advantage of great deals. You heard it here first, folks. Taylor guaranteed that Jeff Skinner is going to score. And if he doesn't, you can fully blame him for that if he does not. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday, everybody. This has been Straight Up Sabres.